Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. At least it's Friday. Hey, uh, what's going on? Happy Friday. Pete Callender here. Uh, thanks a lot for hanging out. Thanks for joining the program. I do appreciate it. Here on News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The phone numbers, as always, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Want to start off by giving a shout out, a congrats, a hearty congratulations to Kamala Harris on her uh, new candidacy for president 2024. Um that happened uh, yesterday, last night, actually. I mean, she didn't actually come out and make the announcement. Joe Biden did. Well, okay, he didn't come out and announce that she was going to be president in 2024, you know, if the Democrats win uh, the cycle. But uh, but he kind of did, right? I mean, he kind of he kind of did make that announcement last night. Did you hear his remarks? Did you watch his his? His 12 minutes of uh, yelling at the clouds, old man yells at clouds. It's, uh, okay, well, to be fair, he wasn't yelling the whole time. He just, he just, uh, he got a bit ornery on a couple of occasions. And, you know, when Joe Biden was a younger man, you know, 60 years ago, um, back when dirt was invented, he was, uh, you know, he could, he could get a little fiery and it was, it was just seen as, you know, assertive, aggressive, you know, uh, pugnacious. And now it's, it's old man yells at clouds. That's like, that's what it looks like now. And I don't say this to denigrate the president. I'm not trying to be ugly, mean or anything like that. It just comes naturally to me. No, I'm kidding. No, it, I'm, I'm saying this because it is like, it needs to be said that we are all seeing the same thing. And for people who don't know what they are witnessing or who choose to deny it, anybody who has had any kind of experience dealing with uh, someone who gets, you know, long in the tooth, they get they get old and they are not the same. There is a diminishment. And this isn't an insult. This is the natural progression of life. And for people who have seen it firsthand, we recognize this. We recognize that. It's it's not something that you want to see in the commander-in-chief. And the release of the, uh, the document, the DOJ report yesterday that says we're not going to prosecute Joe Biden for his mishandling of classified information because basically he's old and forgetful. And no reasonable prosecutor. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. That's what they said about Hillary. That's what James Comey said about Hillary, which, by the way, the Democrats are claiming that this guy, her, H-U-R, the, the special uh, investigator that uh, decided that they're not going to uh, charge Trump or uh, uh, Biden over the uh, the classified documents. They're saying that this is like Jim Comey 2.0. 
that they're trying to make Biden lose. Had they no, had they had they just put out the report and the administration just focused on look at us, we're clear, we didn't do anything wrong. But what happens? Biden goes out there, he does a back-to-back deal. He he goes and he gives some like speech at some fundraising thing and uh kind of he he keeps it within the lines there. But then he does some Q&A with the press at like 7:30, 8 o'clock at night. And the reaction, it's not been good. His reaction was not good. And then the response to that has not been good either. And now you've got Democrats that are, of course, you know, not, um, they're not being quoted by name, but they're talking to various media outlets. And the things that they are saying are, are instructive and kind of scary. So if you haven't heard the president uh, and his uh, his speech last night, his media, uh, his news conference that he held. Uh, well, I've got it. it. It only ran about 12 minutes. There's two parts. He gives some initial comments, and then he opens it up for some questions. And Peter Ducey from Fox News leads it off, and it just, the wheels fall off of the thing. As you know, the special counsel released his findings today about their look into my handling of classified documents. <clears throat> I was pleased to see he reached the firm conclusion that no charges should be brought against me in this case. This was an exhaustive investigation going back more than 40 years, even into the 1970s when I was still a new United States senator. And the special counsel acknowledged I cooperated completely. I did not throw up any roadblocks. I sought no delays. In fact, I was so determined to give the special counsel what he needed, I went forward with a five-hour in-person, five-hour in-person interview over two days on October the 8th and 9th of last year, even though Israel had just been attacked by Hamas on the 7th and I was very occupied. It was in the middle of handling an international crisis. I was especially pleased to see special counsel make clear the stark distinction and difference between this case and Mr. Trump's case. The special counsel wrote, and I quote, several material distinctions between Mr. Trump's case and Mr. Biden's are clear, continuing to quote, most notably, after giving multiple chances to return classified documents to avoid prosecution, Mr. Trump allegedly did the opposite. According to the indictment, he not only refused to return the documents for many months, he also obstructed justice by enlisting others to destroy evidence and then to lie about it. In contrast, we went on to say Mr. Biden turned in classified documents to the National Archives and the Department of Justice, consented to the search of multiple locations, including his home, sat for a voluntary interview, and in other ways cooperated with the investigation, end of quote. I've seen the headlines since the report was released about my willful retention of documents. These assertions are not only misleading, they're just plain wrong. On page 215, if you had a chance, I know it's a long, it's a thick document. On page 215, the report of the special counsel found the exact opposite. Here's what he wrote. There is, in fact, a shortage of evidence that I willfully retain classified materials related to Afghanistan. On page 12, the special counsel also wrote for another documents, the decision to decline criminal charges was straightforward. The evidence suggests that Mr. Biden did not willfully retain these documents. The evidence said I did not willfully retain these documents. In addition, I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. 
There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Let me tell you something. Some of you have commented, I wear since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from Our Lady of... Every Memorial Day, we hold a service remembering him, attending by friends and family and the people who loved him. So you, you hear that he, he forgot where the rosary beads came from. Our Lady of... And then he just stopped. And then he, he's playing this, you know, righteous indignation card. How dare he even say that? Well, they were asking you, and you were asking staff and lawyers during the, these questions, you were... You did not remember what year that was. You did not remember what year you left the presidency. You, you you kept turning to people and saying, what year would that have been? What year would that have been? And by the way, at the age of 81, having been in the U.S. Senate, run you know election campaigns for president multiple times over the course of 40 years, then becoming vice president, running for re-election there, then cycling out of the office— then, you know, doing all of the the, the bribing uh, and all that stuff. And then coming back into the public scene, running again for president, and then doing that. for you know, Like, I get it. Like, I lose track of which election cycles and which years occurred and who was the candidate and all that. I do, and it wasn't even me, you know? So the fact that he was confused on various dates is not surprising. But he, of course, turns this into like, "Mm, how dare he suggest I don't know what year it was. But you didn't. They asked, and you didn't know the year. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina a readiness supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? 704-570-1110-1800. You would think I would remember. They're my albums. Like, I literally pulled the, <laughs> the soundbite or the bumper tunes. <laughs> to be fair to you, Pete, I'm looking at a whole sheet here of them, and I can't even count how high these, like, to the number of all the songs on here. And they're yeah. all by different, you know, groups and yeah, bands yeah. for the most part. So you give yourself a little grace. There's a lot going on here. Uh, yeah, I do. I've got, it's, it's, it's probably what, like four pages Four pages of something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, Well, because when I would make the commute from, I would make the drive up the mountain to work at WWNC in Asheville, and I was still living in Charlotte, and I would drive up, I would listen to the iPod, right, and and I would be, oh, that's a good, that's music good, good for a bump tune, and I would just make a note of it. After you stopped, of course. Yeah, 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 of course. (laughs) Every every time stopped along the side of the road, every single. Okay, so the uh, president, President Biden, uh, doing a news conference. I don't even know if they anticipated that he would open it up for questions, but he came out and he makes this. uh, He makes these comments about the release of the special counsel report. Ben Hur, I'm sorry, Robert Hur, 
rob her. That's weird. Sounds like I'm sounds like I'm advocating that you steal something from a female. I'm not. That's the guy. It's the person's Robert Her, special counsel, and basically, uh, they say they cannot uh, bring charges. They're not going to indict. Uh, uh, the the sitting president, first off, because he's a sitting president, uh, but also because he's elderly and forgetful, and he would make a sympathetic uh, defendant. So you probably couldn't win a jury trial. And that's what, yeah, so it's the it's the senile defense. And so, you know, Joe Biden takes exception to that. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone to remind me when he passed away or passed away. That's uh, talking about Bo Biden because he had forgotten at one point in the uh, uh, the questioning with the special counsel. Uh, he did not remember even within several years of when his son Bo died. He was also kind of fuzzy on um, when he was vice president, uh, when he was elected president. According to her, quote, he did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended, saying, quote, it was 2013. When did I stop being vice president? So he's asking, when did I stop being vice president? And then forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began. In 2009. Am I, am I still vice president in 2009? This is what he was asking. And so he's mad that this is in the report. But of course, it had to be because when you appoint the special counsel and they do this investigation... All of this stuff gets published as part of the final report. Simple truth is I sat for a five-hour interview over two days of events going back 40 years. At the same time I was managing an international crisis, their task was to make a decision about whether to move forward with charges in this case. That's their decision to make. That's the council's decision to make. That's his job. And they decided not to move forward. For any extraneous commentary, they don't know what they're talking about. It has no place in this report. The bottom line is the matter is now closed. I'm going to continue what I've always focused on, my job of being president of the United States of America. Thank you, and I'll take some questions. All right, so there you go. Now he's going to open it up for questions. He's only spoken for about four minutes there. And then there's another eight minutes of questions. And I'll pick that up after the news. Um, In the report, Robert Hur says... That Biden's memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was going on between Obama and Biden. They were having this debate, this argument about whether or not to increase to surge troop levels. And Biden was opposed to it. And Biden thought that this was going to be sort of a, a pivotal decision in his legacy. And so he wrote all sorts of notes. He kept all sorts of documents about it talked with his ghostwriter for his biography about the, the this big back and forth that he was having with uh, with Obama. Among other things, Biden mistakenly said, quote, he had a real difference of opinion with General Carl Eikenberry. But Eikenberry was an ally of Biden's. And Biden cited Eikenberry approvingly in a Thanksgiving memo to Obama. Right? So essentially, what we have now over the last uh, 18 hours or so is, or almost 24 now, is the Department of Justice saying that the President of the United States is too old and feeble-minded to be prosecuted. 
And the Democrats and media, but I repeat myself, their argument is, no, he's not. I just want to be clear about that. The Democrats are, their argument now is that Joe Biden is not too old or mentally unfit to be prosecuted. That's an interesting approach, right? It's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see how it works out for him. You can send me an email, Pete at the Pete Callender Show dot com. Uh, you can also uh, hit me up on Twitter at Pete Callender seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten and one eight hundred WBT eleven ten. Let's get back to the press conference. The president uh, Joe Biden gives this news conference last night about seven forty five eight p.m. or so, and um, he says, "You know, look, I uh, I'm glad the DOJ special counsel." Uh, as you know, is says it's not going to be bringing any charges. Because, and, and like I'm so different than Donald Trump's handling of the classified documents. It's totally different. You know, I did it right. He did it wrong, and all of that. Um, but he takes exception to the special counsel saying that he's forgetful, and he had forgotten various dates and things, and what he had said, and positions he had taken, and. Anybody who watches him, by the way, knows that he forgets things. It's been evident for years, right? So he reacts angrily at this. He then um, opens the floor up for questions, and he doesn't call on anybody initially. So Peter Ducey just throws the first question out at him. President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because... In his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. That's uh, that's that's my memory has gotten worse, Mr. President. My memory is not good. My memory is fine. My memory. Take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? You know, I guess I just forgot what was going on. Mr. President, voters have concerns about your age. How are you going to assuage them? And do you fear that this report is only going to fuel further concerns about your age? Only by some of you. I take responsibility for not having seen exactly what my staff was doing. There's, it goes in and points out things that appeared in my garage, things that came out of my home, things that were moved, were moved not by me, but my staff, but my staff. He takes responsibility for his staff not doing what they were supposed to do, which is a common thing that he does, yelling at staff, blaming staff. <laughs> so he, it's, this is like answering the question, like in a job interview, do you have any, you know, faults, any weaknesses? Oh, I care too much. I work too hard. That's what this is. My only, like, my only regret is not holding people to higher standards. That's what he's saying. For months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Well, many American people have been watching and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your is judgment. That is not the judgment of the press. 
So he's yelling at her and pointing at her. The American people have been watching you, and they are concerned. And he's like, that's your judgment. That's your judgment. That's the judgment of the press. Wait, what? It's that. Yeah, he says the press. He meant to say the American people. This is what I mean. He's getting agitated. There's a quote. A former, uh, no, sorry, one House Democrat. This is from Axios.com. One House Democrat called Biden's verbal slip-ups, quote, awful, and wondered why the president's staff allowed him to hold a press conference and then field reporters shouted questions, quote, that late at night after a full day. Instead of doing it this morning, Friday morning, when he'd be fresh. It was eight o'clock at night. It's eight o'clock at night. And your concern is that he can't answer questions because he had a full day and it's 730, eight o'clock at night. And you should really wait until tomorrow morning when he's fresh. There is a term for this. It's called sundowners. Again, I'm not saying this as an insult, but this is a known condition. Anybody who's been around people who have this know exactly what they're looking at. They've seen it. A former Biden aide described Democrats' dilemma, saying, quote, taking the nomination away from Biden is like taking the car keys away from your parents. concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? What, what is your answer to that question? I'm the most question? qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. He is the most qualified person in the United States to finish the job he started, to be president and finish the job he started. He is the most qualified He then went on to say that Mexico wouldn't open up the border to Gaza. Most qualified. If he is the most qualified, God help us all. Also, what an indictment of Kamala Harris. What an absolute indictment. Quote, I think this is survivable because it happened in February said a veteran of past Democratic White Houses. So former Democrat official, worked in the White House. Not under Biden, apparently, but previously. So an Obama retread, right? Saying, I think this is survivable because it happened in February. If it happened in July, maybe not. They've got to find a way to grapple with this age issue more effectively. So thank goodness all of this happened in February and not July. Because if it happened in July... He would be much younger in July than he is right now, obviously, right? So he's going to be getting better by July. (laughs) Okay. Nothing to worry about, everybody. All right. Look, it is very clear. It is very clear. A vote for Biden is a vote for Harris at this point. Right? Very clear. Let's go over here and get Jim on the program. Hello, Jim. How are you? Hey, Pete. Hey. Yeah, uh, my memory is not what it used to be. Mm. But um, one, of, one of my favorite parody songs from Rush, long time ago. I'm talking probably, probably around the early '90s when the Clintons came to power. Was uh, uh, his famous parody the song guy 
did a parody song on Hillary's memory. And she kept, uh, I don't remember, I don't <laughs> remember. My brain is like jello, mm. jello. I can hear the guy singing it now. <laughs> it just cracked me up every time I heard it. Yeah. But, Pete, Pete, all these guys are lawyers. I think it's a very common defense tactic for lawyers to blame it on memory. I don't remember. I can't bring my memory back. It's very common. Right. Well, it, and, it, it, this goes beyond that, though. They've got quotes in here where, you know, like he's asking he's asking for help in in remembering like what year they're talking about th- certain things. Oh yeah, he he's sick. It's obvious he's sick. Uh, I think this country's at a dangerous, more dangerous point right now than I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I lived through the '60s. You know when. The nukes were being carried all over the world, to mm. point at us. But uh, Biden is the North American equivalent, Pete, of the Maduro-Chavez cabal down in Venezuela. Those two guys have now effectively controlled Venezuela for 40 years. Biden, coming from a place like Delaware, solid blue, uh, basically has he's been in D.C. for, what, close to 50 years now. Yeah, and, 60 that's right. So a little old state, blue state like Delaware, has got enormous power in the U.S. Uh, uh, yeah. Congress. Well, yeah. I mean, it does enormous. make you. It makes me concerned about our democracy. It, it happened in yeah, our democracy. <laughs> it happened in Massachusetts with the Kennedys, and it's still going on. Yeah, in well, Massachusetts. Yeah, I mean, we may those, not have uh, di- we may not have royalty, but we do have our dynasties. Exactly. Exactly. And he's gonna he's gonna stay there and stay in power, Pete, till he's carried out on a gurney. That's yeah. the only way it's gonna end. Well, it might it might come to that, and I don't I don't want that, but it might come to that. Jim, I do appreciate the call. Have a great weekend. Um, I want to play the rest of this uh, audio if we've got time. Yeah, I got to, uh, yeah, well, it'll be close. Let's see. Six minutes. Why are you confusing the names of world leaders? Thank you, everyone. I did not share classified information. I did not share it. With your ghostwriter. With my ghostwriter. I did not. Guarantee you did not. But what the special counsel said it. Well, no, he did, did not say that. Okay. okay. He did but, not say that. But, Mr. President, what other... Let me answer your question. The fact of the matter is, what I didn't want repeated, I didn't want him to know, and I didn't read it to him, was I had written a long memorandum to President Obama why we should not be in this, in Afghanistan. And I was of this of multiple pages. And so what I was referring to, I said classified, I should have said it was should be private because it was a contact between the president and the vice president as to what was going on. That's what he was referring to. It was not classified information in that document. That was not classified. He called on me. He called on me. He called on me. When you look back at this incident, (laughs) is there anything you would do differently now? And do you think that a special prosecutor should have been appointed in the first place in both of these cases? First of all, what I would have done is oversee the transfer of the material that was in my office. Mm. In my office. There it is again. I should have done that. Uh-huh. If I go back, I didn't have the responsibility to that. That was my staff was supposed to do that, and they referenced that in the right. report. And my staff did not do it in the way that, for example, I didn't know how half the boxes got in my garage. All right. 
until I found out staff gathered them up, put them together, and took them to the garage in my home. Oh. And all the stuff that was in my home was in filing cabinets that were either locked or able to be locked. It was in my house. It wasn't out in, like, in Mar-a-Lago in a public place where, and none of it was high classified. Didn't have any of that red stuff on it. You know what I mean? Around the corners? None of that. And so I wish I had paid more attention to how the documents were being moved and where. I thought they were being moved to the archives. I thought all of it was being moved. That's what I thought. Now, what was the last part of your question? Whether a special counsel should have been appointed in this case and in the case of your rival president, former president. I think a special counsel should have been appointed. And the reason I think a special counsel should have been appointed is because I did not want to be in a position that they looked at Trump and weren't going to look at me, just like they looked at the vice president. And the fact is they made a firm conclusion. I did not break the law, period. Thank you all very, very much. Walking away, and then he stops. And now he's walking back. I'm of the view, as you know, that the conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. I've been pushing really hard, really hard. Guys, I think this this now explains it all. This explains it all. He called the president of Mexico and said, open the gates. He thought he was talking to the president of Egypt. But he wasn't. He was talking to the Mexican president. who was like, okay. And so then it's just like, open the gates up and like, everybody come on in. That, that that explains the border crisis, no? As Sonny Wright pointed out on uh, on Twitter, uh, denial. It ain't just a river in Mexico, <laughs> guys. It's like you're now spending the day attacking the legitimacy and reliability of the very process that indicted Donald Trump. Rand Paul, U.S. Senator Rand Paul. He said, uh, we're going to build a wall with Gaza and make Mexico pay for it. And boy, are they going to be confused. Ben Shapiro. He said, maybe our border is open because Joe Biden keeps asking President El Sisi to close it. That's possible, too. It's hard to know. You know, it's it's hard to tell. (laughs) So there's the press conference. Oh, goodness. What does it mean? Reaction? Are, the, the real question. Are Republicans pouncing or seizing? We'll answer that up next. Stick around.